In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart BC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, as we begin today, hear with me the Word of God. Hear my favorite psalm, Psalm 139. Hear these words. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The children at Jill's house know they are precious because they see the love of Jesus Christ reflected in every word and deed. Jill's house is a Christian nonprofit respite care center that loves and serves families, raising children with intellectual disabilities. It's also, as I have heard, and I think I know, a great place to work. Well, our guest today is here to share the stories of Jill's house and and the families they love. And folks, you are regular listeners. You know the drill. And here to get us going, here to get us started, to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church. Brother, it's good to see you, man. (laughs) Well, thanks, my friend. As I was listening to you give the introduction today, I had this, this moment where I remember someone once said, um, that some people are hard to love, right? And when we say that, I think about people like you and me. We love giving each other a hard time. Um, but that's not what we're actually talking about today, that some people are hard to love. What we're actually talking Indeed. about is when loving is hard, yes. when, it, when loving and doing and treating people you know, the way God has made them an image, it, 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 it is difficult and challenging, not because something about a particular person is off or wrong or whatever it may be, but in life, Amen. Amen. we need breaks. In life, we need respite. In life, we need rest because living out the good news, living out the truth of the gospel, treating everyone the way that they were made in the image of the creator often is just tiring and, and it's challenging. And, and certainly anyone who's spent any time uh, over the last 14 months trying to engage and live life knows that there has been even a little bit more difficulty in finding rest in finding respite in the middle of it. And that's one of the great things about the ministry we're going to talk about today, Jill's house, is that it facilitates rest. It facilitates on mission, the gospel, both to families and children, to adults, parents, and to kids who find themselves in a place of need one way or the other. And so right here in studio with us today, we do have the vice president of compliance and family support services of Jill's house with us. It is Dana Hecht, and I'm just going to get it out of the way, Dana. I'm going to say Dana at some point or another, and so I'm just going to ask our listeners for grace. Uh, But we joked about that a little bit before we got on air. But let me tell you about her other than the fact that it's pronounced Dana. Uh, She is a lawyer by trade. She took a few years off the career path to focus on maintaining some sense of serenity in a house with four children. But then she landed at Jill's house, where she's been able to combine both her legal training with her passion for ministry. In her dual role there, she monitors the organizational compliance with a fairly complex system of regulatory oversight. 
She also spearheads the evangelical outreach to the families. The team at Jill's house works to accomplish this outreach through intentional community building, wherein every family feels seen and every family is known. She's passionate about the work they do and blessed to have witnessed firsthand the transforming blessing of respite for the families they serve. Dana, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Uh, excited to talk about the ministry of Jill's house today. And Hey, Brian, and, can I just jump in real quick, buddy? I'm absolutely. sorry. I apologize, man. But when I read this, Dana, Dana, come on, girl. Look at here. Some sense of serenity in a house with four children. I had four children because we had twins. Oh, my word, girl. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you even more. That's right. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think anybody who has children of any type know the need for respite, some rest at some point. But what's unique about Jill's house, maybe people have heard that is, is that the, the focus of Jill's house is providing respite for a, a particular group of families uh, who have particular needs that might look different than other sets of needs. So why don't you start quickly by telling someone who may not be familiar with what Jill's house is, tell them what it is. And then I love how you first got involved. Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am passionate about Jill's house and the work that we do. For, so thank you for giving me this opportunity. Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, going back to what Dennis said about um, being a mom of four children, um, I remember there was a time in my life where I re- literally felt like uh, my life was being dictated by the schedule of the 13-year-old babysitter down the street. Mm-hmm. And as I became familiar with Jill's house, I realized that there's an entire world out there of parents who can't hire the 13 year old down the street to give them a break. And so I think that in a nutshell is what Jill's house is all about. Uh, we have trained staff members who can meet the special needs of these special children so that we can support the families that are raising them. Hmm. Now, certainly you've made some of the connections already as a, a mother of four looking for respite, but, you know, having a, a looking for the 13 year old, which reminds me, I have a 14 year old the, uh, in my house and does a lot of babysitting for one of our neighbors. And recently, uh, my neighbor hurt their knee and they're not able to go to the gym. And that's where she's doing a lot of babysitting. She's like, I'm not making any money, dad. And I said, well, <laughs> you got to learn to diversify your babysitting portfolio. <laughs> right. um, but all of us, right, all of us who have kids. You know, somebody, I mean, we need the break and those babysitters matter. So certainly you knew what that was like, but how is it that you said, oh, as I see this and I understand my background and how God has blessed me with talents and skills that I want to put that to work in being the gospel and the good news at Jill's house. Well, as you were introducing me, um, I w- had been home. I had practiced law for a number of years and then stayed home for a greater number of years when the children were young. And I was just in a place of prayerful contemplation over what the next step was going to be as the children were all in school during the day. And I thought I want to do something. And I was really prayerful about wanting to do something that made a difference. And uh, I live very close to Jill's house. I saw, I was attending NBC at the time. I saw the, the facility being built. I had a friend who was there and she said, you know what? I think at the time there were maybe three people on staff. She said, why don't you come on in, talk to our executive director and see what happens. And so that's exactly what I did. And one thing led to the other. I gave him my resume and I said, if you think there's a spot I can help, let me know. And he did. And that's how it all got started. And for those people who aren't necessarily familiar with that, Jill's house is an outgrowth of the ministry of McLean Bible Church. There's many campuses all throughout the Washington metro area, but certainly the main campus is right there in McLean. 
And Jill's House, you know, provides, you know, for example, respite care. What exactly is for people who maybe have been hearing the term respite care? What does that look like? Why is it specifically needed? I think you've alluded to it already. And how great is that need for a community that you're serving that it's not easy to find that 13-year-old babysitter? Exactly. Well, goodness, the definition of respite very simply is just rest. And I think that any of us who live in the Northern Virginia area understand how tiring this environment can be between the traffic and the competition and the financial strain. It's just a lot. It's a, it's a tough environment, I think, to raise children under typical circumstances. So Lon and Brenda Solomon, Lon Solomon was the pastor of McLean Bible Church, and they, um, goodness, almost 30 years ago now, uh, Brenda, Lon's wife, uh, had their fourth child, a little girl named Jill, who seemed very typically developing at the very beginning. And by the age of about three months, she started experiencing seizures that got progressively worse and worse and worse. So it got to the point where their entire life was sort of um, held hostage is not the right word, but just dictated by Jill's complex medical needs. And through that journey and through the pain that they experienced, Brenda just prayed to the Lord. And she said, Lord, this is a painful, painful thing. Can you redeem this for us? And she had a direct answer to prayer. Someone called and said, look, we want to, we have a group of people that want to get trained to care for Jill so that we can come and take care of her. And you can rest. You can be with Lon. You can be with your three sons, the three older sons who, you know, were busy with all of the things that children that age do, baseball and school and scouts and that kind of thing. So Brenda is a wonderful one to tell her story, but that's the genesis of how Jill's house was created. So the goal is to support families. I'll just say that probably 80% of the families we serve have never had their child spend the night away from them, not mm -hmm. even at a grandparent's house. Certainly not at a sleepover with friends, certainly not at a summer camp. So it's just um, a first step for them, I think, in many, some of them for many, many years, they haven't slept through the night until they can get their child to Jill's house and then they can have that, that weekend of time. And I think just even as you are explaining this for any parent uh, who just resonates with having the normal day in and day in challenges, but then when you add a layer of complexity to that, where there's some special attention to medical needs or those sort of that needs to happen. You can already, I could already feel the overwhelming sense on me remembering those moments were not getting sleep, not, you know, mm -hmm. being able to do and to function. I still remember I had a daughter that didn't sleep very well. She actually, mm -hmm. now's the babysitter referred to. She didn't sleep through the night till 13 months one day. And I remember I'm a pastor here in Ashburn Christian Fellowship Church. I wasn't at the time. I remember one Sunday morning, my wife walking to church and seeing me and I looked happy. And like, what happened? And like, she actually slept through the night for the first time, you know, in 13 months, just the sleep deprivation. And that was without additional complex issues. So the wear and tear, I can't imagine is, is amazing in that way. And so certainly there's this great need. Hopefully people right now are hearing and learning about Jill's house this way. And, and if you're hearing it live on WAVA, great. If you're getting this via podcast, great. We definitely want you to reach out to them at jillshouse.org. That's J-I-L-L-S house.org. But how are some of the other ways that families find out about Jill's house? 
Well, right now, one of the things that we've learned is that the community of special needs parents and the disability community is a very tight knit group. So at mm. this point, it's a lot of word of mouth. We have um, social mm. service agencies in the in the local areas that often refer us. We have doctors who sometimes refer their their families, um, children to Jill's house. So it's kind of taken on a life of its own. We started out the very first weekend. I think we've served either I think it was six children the first weekend, and we. We now, um, goodness, I think we have over 400 families that are regularly scheduling for respite in any given year. So this is obviously an opportunity for parents to get some respite, but for the children, that has to be somewhat disorienting as well. If you said 80% of them, they, they've never spent any time away on an evening sort of thing from their families. How do the children respond? Oh my goodness. It's one of the favorite parts of the whole story for me. Um, I would encourage everyone to go onto the website and to look at the pictures, but it's really hard to understand what Jill's house is until you walk through the front doors. So it was intentionally designed to look like um, a sort of like a resort. It was um, intentionally designed not to remind any child of school or a medical facility. Mm. We wanted them to feel like it was a place that was their own special spot. So it is intentionally designed with wide hallways and obviously it's ADA compliant in every certain, every way um, through the bathrooms and the, the bedrooms, but it is a fun, fun place. There's an indoor pool, there's a computer lab, there's a um, huge gym with a bounce house that we keep blowing up most of the time when they're in there. There's a climbing wall, there's a library. It's just, um, our hope is that it's a wonderland. And, and frankly, we have multiple stories of parents who say that their child, once they have come to Jill's house, that they use the return trip to Jill's house as sort of a, a reward system. They put it on the refrigerator. They put it on the calendar. And we have one little girl who packs a special Jill's house suitcase and she keeps it by the front door. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we love to do in this uh, show actually is to hear stories. And you were sharing a little bit one already. I'd love it if you'd maybe share another story or so about how families have really felt that love of Christ through this ministry and how it's made a difference. I remember one of the very first families that we served had um, her, their daughter has now aged out of our program, but we served her for probably nine, eight or nine years. And um, the dad came in to do the intake meeting and to sort of talk to us. Our intake process is pretty thorough because as you can imagine, we need as much information as we can get if we're going to safely care for a child with special needs overnight for a weekend. So dad had come in and he had dialed mom in on the phone and we went through all of the questions and came up with the the service plan, which is what we call it, plan of care for the weekend. And the mom came back to me later and said, I had no idea how much detail and attention that you were going to pay to the care of our daughter. So their daughter had a very interrupted sleep pattern. She was up constantly during the night. And one of the things that they would do is they would take her to the window and they would show her that it was still dark outside, that the sun had not come up yet. And so we wrote that into the service plan so that our staff would know if she was awake during the night, take her to the window, show her that it's still dark and then put her back to bed. And I just remember that mom saying the detail that you all included in how to care for her well spoke volumes to the family, to her. Can can I ask Dana, how many children can you have at one time? Yeah, great question. 
Great question. So we have uh, 45 beds. Um, we, we have never served 45 kids at one time. And part of that is because the common areas get crowded pretty quickly when you do sure, that. Sure. But in a non-COVID world, I would say that we probably average around 28, 30, sometimes 32. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yes. fantastic. So, you know, speaking of non-COVID worlds, it is uh, the reality of the world that we've been living in for some time now where COVID has created some restrictions. It's created some opportunities and it's also, you know, given some places where we need some additional stuff and some greater needs. What are some of the greatest needs right now? If someone's listening to this, like, man, I don't necessarily have a, a child that's in need of care and I need respite, but I have this, this burning, much like you did, um, Dana, like, wow, this really seems like a way that I could serve somebody. What are some of the greatest needs? Staff. We are always looking for staff, people Mm -hmm. who are uh, willing to serve as a direct support professional. That's the term of art for someone who provides that hands-on care for a child that we would serve for the weekend. We are always looking for people who have the heart of Christ um, and want to just give back and demonstrate that love of Christ in a real and tangible way. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things nurses, we're always looking for nurses to join our team. We have administrative openings as well. So again, all of those things are listed on our website, but it is, you know, I think a really wonderful place to work. It's, it's a family and it's, um, there, one thing, one thing that I would like to say that I, I have learned in my time at Jill's house is that serving these children is not, these children and their families are not a project. They are people and there is mutual ministry that occurs. When you serve these children who are made in the image of God, it is not a one-way street. Mm-hmm. They, they give back to us. And yeah. that was a new concept for me. I don't think I really understood that till I had been at Joe's house for a couple of years. So it's a wonderful place to be and to work. I love that you drew that out because I think there's an accidental thing that can happen in our lives as people who feel called by God to go and serve that it is this one-way street, that I'm here to do something for others. But God is a God of intentionality, and he's also not unidimensional. And by that, it's not just this one thing is going to occur. I'm going to do this when I say yes to you, God, for this family. But rather, this family, this child, this you know, opportunity, this environment can also do something for us. And that something is also is the ability to conform us to look more like Jesus. And so that is just a wonderful, wonderful uh, reminder. Certainly you gave some professional characteristics that people need to serve at Jill's house, but what is it when you meet someone, you're like, all right, they have it on paper, right? So they're a nurse, (laughs) but then you say, but no, this is where I, this is where they've got the basic skills, but this is where, okay, I think they could really fit here. Much like you had the skills on paper of being an attorney and those things that you needed to have, but that doesn't mean it always really sort of fits. Is there something like that for someone who may be wondering, oh, well, I've got the skills, but do I have this sort of connection? Absolutely. That's a great question, Brian. And and a lot of times there are people who kind of fall in love with the idea of of buddying up with a child who has special needs. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the reality, and I think you mentioned this, I don't know, Brian, if it was you or Dennis at the very beginning, it's hard work. It really can be very taxing work. It can be taxing physically. It can be uh, draining at times. So we need to make sure that the people who apply for the positions at Jill's house understand that going in. And if for some reason a volunteer or a staff member comes in and, and 
uh, we do shadow shifts or what we mm -hmm. call them where they work on the floor for a little while and we can get a feel for does this work? Is, is it a good fit or not? And particularly for our volunteers and we're always looking for those too. So let me pull a plug in for that as well. That um, if they come in and it doesn't turn out to be what they had envisioned, we have lots of other places to plug them in. We can mm -hmm. have volunteers helping in a variety of different ways. So primarily Brian, it's, it's, it's a work of the Lord. We pray, yeah. we pray that he brings the right people. That's a good way to say it. I think primarily in most of the scenarios, when we're looking for people to, to work arm in arm with, to make a difference, to bring the good news to the city, so to speak, yes. uh, it is a work of the Lord and, and putting us connecting and having to listen to his spirit guide us and having people say, yes, there's this old statement, right? It's one thing to, to hear God call us to do something. It's another thing to say yes to it. Uh, but that that's a sermon about Jonah that we can talk about another time, right? <laughs> right. For those people like, all right, maybe I just want to check it out or maybe I want to tell someone about this or any upcoming events, dates or things like that that we should be aware of looking out for. Sure. Absolutely. Again, I'm just going to point you back to the website. We have a really fun fundraiser coming up in June. It's one of my favorites. It's called The Ride for Jill's mm -hmm. House, and it's actually a motorcycle event. And I have to tell you, it just blesses me to see. And I hope I'm not being uh, politically incorrect in saying sure. this, but these big burly men with bandanas yeah. and leather jackets pulling up on their Harleys in front of Jill's mm -hmm. house with a heart for children with special needs. It yeah. is such a blessing. So that's coming up in June. Mm -hmm. And then again, um, different things would be on the website for people to be aware of. Yeah. I well, they actually... would agree with you, Dana, those big burly guys, the Harley yeah. guys. I yeah. used to be one of those Harley guys. I had a friend, by the way, Dana, whose beard was real long, coming yeah. down to here. He would put it in braids when he rode his motorcycle. So it didn't, <laughs> so it didn't get in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend that, that usually described himself this way about that way. You know, because on the outside, he said, I'm an m and I got a hard candy coating, but a really soft heart uh, in that way. And so uh, there we you love go. It great. When, That's great. when we see what really motivates people is the heart, right? Not the necessarily the things on the outside that we often get um, stuck on. Now, certainly, we know that people can go to jillshouse.org uh, and, and connect with you that way and find out more information. Um, in the last minute or so, I want to ask you this for the person out there who is struggling. For the person out there that is tired, for the person out there that maybe has never heard of Jill's house or not have heard of the truth of the gospel, would you speak to them just for maybe 30, 45 seconds and, and share with them hope? Yes, absolutely. I would say you are not alone. Hmm. No matter how isolated you may feel, no matter how left out you sometimes feel when your child can't play in the little league field or go to the to the swim team at the neighborhood pool, you're not alone. And the Lord sees you, your child is not a mistake. It was not an unfortunate twist of fate. Your child is made in the image of God and God loves you and loves your child. And I could talk for hours about that. Dennis, um, you are not alone. Uh, thank you. Uh, I say that to you, Dennis, because you and I both know our stories. And we know um, that our stories are unique to us, but the feeling of being alone is not unique to mankind. And, you know, as you speak uh, into lives, Dana, thank you so much for people who have that challenge and opportunity to love and love well. But when it's hard, thank you for reminding them that they're not alone. There are others there walking that with you. But more importantly, Dennis, there's God. 
He's the one who sent Jesus to die for us. And if he cares enough to send Jesus, he will never, ever leave us hanging out to dry, no matter what it may feel like in that moment. And that is good news. Amen. Amen. Gosh, yeah, that's, um, thank you, Dan, and God bless you. Thank you for being with us. And and you're right, man, I just love that that phrase to kind of end on, you are not alone. I have friends, and I've told you about them, who have used Jill's house and are just, it was just a miracle in their lives that God performed through that place and through you all. So thank you so much. Folks, um, if you want to hear this again, hey, you know where you can go. You can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. If you want to talk to Dana, if you want to get more information, go to jillshouse.org. That's jillshouse.org. If you need to, you can always call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266, and I will get you in touch with Dana or the folks at Jill's house. Um, Just thank you all. God bless you. Hey, Dana, thanks again. You're fantastic in your work. And folks, remember, remember this one. You know it very well. It's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.